Uh, the reading this morning is from Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 to 13. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For the, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is good or what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Thank you, Mary. A couple of times a year, normally, unless she's got a special jubilee, the Queen publishes a list of honours, a range of awards for particular people, usually reduced to acronyms, most of which we have no idea what they mean. And it seems to me that there are three main reasons why the Queen gives these honours. The first is achievements. Someone perhaps has spent a lifetime, maybe uh, a revered actor, they often seem to get uh, an award, an honour towards the end of their life. Or maybe they've achieved something special in a sporting way, and uh, that's marked. And after the Olympics, there were lots given out. The second reason is service. And these are usually people who've been nominated by others in their community for the way they've selflessly given of themselves to help others. And the third seems to be for reward. Kind of seems like it's political loyalty that gets rewarded there. I think it's really good that people are honoured, certainly in the first two categories at least. 
And it got me thinking, should we have a Muttley Baptist Church honours list? I wonder who you'd put on it. And perhaps more to the point, who would be overlooked? Remember, we're looking in our series at Jesus' command to love one another as he has loved us. And we're seeing that command as being like a beautiful, precious stone with lots of different facets to it. And each of those facets is represented by the one another's that we're exploring in the rest of the New Testament. Each one a facet of how we love one another. And we've looked at some big themes so far. Serving one another, forgiving one another. And today, at first, honouring one another might not seem to be in the same category. It's important that we recognise that this command to honour one another comes in a part of the letter that Paul wrote to the Christian churches in Rome. And uh, he was speaking about how they are to be different. I think it's come off the control again. So they were, they were how to be different as followers of Jesus. Distinctive. And in the passage that Mary read for us, Paul reminded them that they've all got different gifts. And he reminded them about the attitude they should have in using those gifts. In that context, he wrote that they are to honour one another. He says, above yourselves. In other words, because you are all different, you have all got different gifts, you need one another in the church, you should honour one another. Actually, a more literal translation would be that we are to outdo one another in honouring one another. It's almost as if Paul is suggesting there should be a competition in church to see who can honour the most people And of course, if everyone is trying to win that competition, then everyone should get honoured. Nobody should be left out. And have a look around this morning. Have a look at the spaces where your friends might normally sit. Whom could you honour? And what would you say to them to show that you are honouring them? It's not something we necessarily do naturally or think about that we do naturally. Honouring one another is more than simply saying nice things to one another or paying them a compliment. It's not even about giving someone an ego massage or a bit of a boost. It's an attitude that comes from within us. It's an outworking of God's spirit helping us to love one another. Now, this morning, I'm going to make some practical suggestions as to how we can honour one another. But let's not forget, let's put down a marker right now, that unless we are open to God's Spirit changing us, then they will at best be temporary or superficial. It's only as God's Spirit grows our love for one another that the honouring one another grows too. To start with, honouring another person involves seeing them. Not just, oh, there you are, but actually seeing them, noticing them, 
recognising that they are important. Nobody should be invisible in a church. So, when I asked you to look around, who did you skip past? Who did you not notice? Honouring another person also probably requires us to get to know one another, and that means we listen to one another. Listen to what is important to other people, to who they are. Who could you get to know better today? And we honour one another by showing them and telling them that we value them. And it's not necessarily for something that they've done. First and foremost, we value someone for who they are. A person that God created, a person that God loves. And in a church, as a follower of Jesus, someone in who, whom God's Spirit is also recreating them so that they more closely resemble Jesus, just like us. The Queen's honours lists give public recognition, don't they? And sometimes it's right to honour someone publicly by commending them to someone else for what they've said or thought or done or just who they are. The way that they've shown you a glimpse of Jesus by who they are and how they do things. Now, Embarrass one another is not one of the New Testament one another's. So let's be careful. But showing honour to another person in front of somebody else actually can be incredibly empowering, incredibly moving. And how we say what we say makes a difference too. Notice these three perfectly appropriate ways of saying thank you to someone for donating some soups, cans of soup to the soup run. You could say, thank you. That's appreciation, that's good. You could say, thank you for bringing the tins of soup to the soup run. That identifies a specific thing that the person has done that you've noticed and you've appreciated. Or you could say, thank you for bringing some tins of soup to the soup run. That was really generous and kind of you. You've identified a quality in that person. They are being honoured. Which sort of thank you would you most like to receive of those three? So how can we honour people in a similar way? How can we outdo one another? in the way we honour one another. Interesting, Paul didn't just write about honouring one another in the letter to the Romans. He writes about it elsewhere, to other churches. And when he wrote his first letter to the church in Corinth, he also wrote about honouring in the context of having different gifts. And he, once again, like in the church uh, to Rome, he used the image of a body as a metaphor for the church. And he wrote, just as in Rome, about how there are different parts of the body and all of them are important. Now, I apologise for this story, but I think you'll see it's relevant. 
A long time ago, I was leading an all-age service in a church in Oxfordshire. And the theme of the service was that how we are the body of Christ together. And I asked the open question, which parts of the body are important? And right at the front, a young lad sticks his hand up. So I said, yes, and he said, penis! Where'd you go from there? (laughs) But actually, Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, writes about the less honourable parts, as he describes it, the unmentionables, the bits that that child had focused on. And Paul says that we treat them with special honour. We hide them away. We conceal them from public. They're the bits we cover first. So artists' impressions of Adam and Eve often have them covering themselves up with fig leaves. The point Paul was trying to make was to look out for those who are behind the scenes, who may feel insignificant, who may feel actually people don't think they're up to much. And we are especially, he says, to honour them. Now, sometimes they are the people who are doing things behind the scenes, the less obvious things that we don't either see or notice, like the people who open up and lock up the church on a Sunday morning. But what about other than on a Sunday? What about honouring people when it's not even linked to the activities of this church? What about how we honour one another as a community of followers of Jesus? Churches are not clubs for Christians. We're communities of followers of Jesus. So who are the apparently insignificant people? How can we show them special honour? Could we send them a note, send them a text message, phone them to say that we appreciate them for dot, dot, dot. Could we include them in our own social engagements, arrange to go somewhere with them? Are we willing to compete to outdo one another in honouring one another? I'm really not suggesting we have a Muttley Baptist Church honours board or an equivalent of a a church fantasy football league where you get points for how much you honour someone else. I know of one church that has a a volunteer of the week and on their Facebook page each week a new different volunteer is highlighted and thanked and honoured for what they do. I think that's great. But the problem with that is it only focuses on the volunteers who are working at the church. Church is where you are, Monday to Saturday, as well as what happens on these premises. Let's have our eyes open and see what God is doing and honour people for how he is working in them. So I've got an idea for you. Try and think of two people whom you can honour. Not just people who serve on a Sunday here, could be, but think of the people around you. Everyone made with God-likeness all incredibly valuable, all important for who they are. And then 
write them a note or find some way this week of honouring those two people. Imagine if we all actually did that. How the level of honouring would go up in this church. But perhaps not just as a one-off, but as a regular thing. Asking God to show us whom he honours and how we can honour them. And as we honour one another, then the love for one another also grows. You see, when you honour another person, you're giving them a glimpse of how God sees them. We're blessing them. We might even be starting to change a person's own, perhaps low sense of self-esteem or worth. Because we're saying, I value you. And I value this particularly about you. And if I value you, then how much more does God value you? Like the L'Oreal advert says, you're worth it. So if honouring one another is so good, why don't we do it more? Well, I wonder if this is one of those things that is kind of eroded or hidden by British Reserve. We kind of have a mask of British Reserve, many of us, that we hide behind. And I think sometimes we just feel a little bit uncomfortable and embarrassed about it. It's difficult, awkward. So instead of taking the risk that we might build someone up and encourage them and bless them by honouring them, we kind of keep quiet and continue that sense of British reserve. And they may then continue to feel underappreciated and undervalued, perhaps unaware that they are appreciated by you and honoured by God. And there are a few other things to, to watch out for. Honouring one another is good and important. And because of that, the leader of the opposition likes to distort it and undermine and ruin what God is doing. One of those ways is through gossip. It's an extraordinarily corrosive phenomenon. Telling someone how you appreciate them, how you value them, how you honour them, is a most excellent thing to do. But it can just go beyond and become gossip. So, and this is an entirely made-up example, disclaimer, any similarity between church members here, living, past or present, are entirely coincidental. Imagine, you say, I really appreciate the way that Miriam always says encouraging things to me. That's honouring. That's good. Imagine, I really appreciate the way that Miriam always says encouraging things to me because she's having such a tough time at work and she's having women's problems. I'm just telling you for your prayers. We've gone beyond honouring and into gossip. Think about how much we share. Another way in which honour can be destroyed is by banter. 
Now, honouring is recognising and expressing appreciation for someone. Banter, when it gets subverted, can actually be undermining, diminishing, dishonouring. And it's really tricky, this one. Because it could start off as well-meaning and good-natured conversation and laughter between friends. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You might decide you're going to make a joke about me not needing to use all the barber shops on Muttley Plain. I'm okay with that. I'd laugh too. I've made that joke about myself. Good-natured, light-hearted teasing is one thing. But banter can be twisted to become cruel, and I've even seen it become discriminatory. In my previous role, I once visited a church leaders' meeting in Essex, and there was banter going around about someone who hadn't got there yet. It was an in-joke. And then someone made a comment about that person's ethnicity. And suddenly the banter and the joking became racist. I intervened at that point. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a laugh with one another. Enjoying laughing together is a gift from God. But let's be careful, so careful, that we don't stray beyond that into dishonouring somebody or even discriminating. Outwardly, the person may laugh. Inwardly, they may be cringing. And think, too, about the impact of somebody overhearing what's going on. Then you, too, may be understanding of the nature of what's being said, but it might not be understood by somebody observing. I think it's always worth checking. If we're having a, a sort of relationship where we tease one another, always check regularly. Are you okay with this? Perhaps the, the litmus test for this is to consider whether it's honouring or dishonouring the person. And never make fun of someone behind their back. There's another danger. Perhaps the opposite to banter. Elevation. We can respect other people. Yes. We can honour other people. Yes. We can praise other people. Yes. And let's tell them, let's honour them. But the moment we put someone up on a pedestal, or they start climbing up onto one themselves, that honour has become tainted with pride and prestige. See, there's a danger that honouring somebody can go to the head. And they start to think it's about them rather than about God. And if I'm honest, in a local church it can easily happen to those who have a public profile, and particularly ministers. Please, 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 my sisters and brothers, never put me on a pedestal. Never let me climb onto one either. I'm a follower of Jesus, first and foremost, just like you. Jesus should be the only person we put on a pedestal. And even he came down into the world to live among us. If you ever sense... Any pedestal building or climbing on my part, please let me know and help me to climb back down. Why do I say these things? Because if we're aware of the dangers, we can avoid them, but at the same time keep honouring one another well. Everyone in a church should be honoured. 
our worship should be exclusively, exclusively reserved for God, Father, Son, and Spirit. I'm going to invite the music group to come back as we close our time together in worshipping God by singing a couple of songs. And as we sing, I want to invite you to think about how we honour one another. Think about whether you can outdo other people in how you honour one another. Think about the people whom God might lay on your heart to honour and pray that God's Spirit will help each one of us, that we will love one another more and more, shown in the way that we honour one another.